I'm Wes. And I'm Old Boy. And this is, what is this? It's the Chronicles of Wes and Old Boy. So that's what it is, the Chronicles <laughs> of Wes and Old Boy. And, and we're back here, and now it's August of 2020, and it's been a, a very trying, a very, a very awful, it's awful, it's been an awful year. It's like the year, year that wasn't. It's the lost year, right? There you go. And, and so many lives have been lost to COVID. We're walking around now, currently, whenever you listen to this, which we may be doing for a long time, with masks on. Sure. With gloves on uh, to protect ourselves. Uh, restaurants still aren't open in New York City. It's Food been, shopping is a nightmare. Yeah, the, the virus, we didn't know a thing about it from where we're standing now. Four months ago, we were in April, and we suddenly had to brace for impact, and New York was hit. We had 32 people, 32,000 people. people dead yeah. within, I think, a month and a half or two months. Yeah, two months. Yeah, we were hit hard. New York was hit hard. Italy, Spain, hard. Yeah. It was, And we have a pandemic running across the world right now. So things got really, this is a really scary time. Horror um, movie shit. Horror movie shit. Yeah. And I have a daughter, so this has been a really scary time. Sure. She's two now. God, so save us from Donald Trump. God, save us from Donald Trump. his responsibility at this point he's got so much screen time he's out there doing like he's got the greatest job i mean right but a hard here job, he is. a hard job yeah man. and like, you know how many people are watching what's happening right. i mean why not use that platform to say what you got to say so what you know what every day we hear some stupid moron defending somebody like donald trump i know um, i know it's like dude if i have to listen to you tell me why this guy is whatever you think he is then you're gonna have to listen to whoever has a platform say whatever the fuck they want to say about him amen and that's what he did and he took that right and he did he did he made some beautiful he made some beautiful speeches sure um he even called out the uk for racism he, I mean, he did because it's kind of he kind of started to get a little bit more serious once oh he God, was in yeah. He, was, he won the BAFTA. He was evolving. He was evolving. He was making jokes. I remember. I like to just talk about jokes. a little bit oh, about Leo? my fellow who's nominees. Yeah, yeah. Okay. About how he couldn't uh, get early on, and how he when I started struggling. acting again um, and going to auditions, I'd always get to like the final callback, and I think many people know what that's like. And there would always be like two other guys that I was up against, and we'd always lose to this one kid, and. Um, <clears throat> No actor would ever say his name because it was like too much. But every casting director would whisper it now. It's Leonardo. It's Leonardo. Ah! It's, who is this Leonardo? Uh, Leonardo, you've been an inspiration for over 25 years to me and so many people. I thank you very, very, very much. 
Christian, I don't know where you are. Christian, you commit to your roles in ways that I can only dream of. I, I, I just, um, you, you never turn in a bad performance. It's infuriating. And, I wish you would. One time, just suck once. Be great, okay? He started to get a little uh, bit uh, more serious. Serious, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that we send a very clear message to people of color that you're not welcome here. Um, I think that's the message that we're sending to people that have contributed uh, so much to our medium and our industry and in ways that we benefit from. Um, <clears throat> I don't think anybody wants a, uh, a handout or preferential treatment, although that's what we give ourselves every year. I think that people just want to be acknowledged and appreciated and respected for, for their work. This is not a self-righteous condemnation because uh, I'm ashamed to say that I'm part of the problem. I have not uh, done everything in my power to ensure that the sets I work on are inclusive, uh, but I think that it's more than just having sets that are multicultural. I think that um, we have to really do the, the hard work to truly understand systemic racism. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I think that it is the obligation of the people that have created and perpetuate and benefit from a system of oppression to be the ones that dismantle it. So that's on us. Thank you. Making an impact with what he said, and God bless him yeah. that he did. I love Joaquin, right? Sure. I mean... Well, people also would say things to me like, oh, those fucking actors, those whoever they are, they're the elite. Always. Fucking, who the fuck do they think they are? They're not, you know... Yeah, well... Don't and then an when idiot, someone man. and then when someone doesn't act like that and actually has something real to say, contrary to popular belief, I, I don't want to rock the boat. Um, but the boat is fucking rocked. And um, <clears throat> he went out and protested with Jane Fonda. They were both arrested. You know, this Amen. is what Jane Fonda. That's funny. You got to put was, something on the line sometimes. She's you been know? doing it since the beginning. She was doing it in the Vietnam War. She, I, I watched she the documentary yeah. on her. Yeah. Um, I think it was called Jane Fonda in four parts. Yeah. They and used to call What did they call her? Uh, Hanoi Jane. Hanoi Jane. Because right. she went to the North Vietnamese and she started to talk to the troops over there and sat on one of their tanks. And it looked like she was supporting the enemy when really she was trying. She's come out and said she regrets that she did it. But she was trying to send a message that these are people. You don't. You're killing people. Yeah, you're exactly. Bombing, you're bombing people. Like this is not. You're fighting a war for people that don't care about lives. Right. She's trying to talk to the troops. She got onto the, um, in this <laughs> this movie that I saw, which is a great documentary on her, she got onto the, um, the, in, the intercom, I don't know how to say this right, but the intercoms that the fighter pilots would hear. Yeah, sure. And she said, you know, this is Jane Fonda, you know, before you fire, please think that there are lives down here. There are women and children down here. Like there, this is not. This is not just some, you're not just killing enemies, you're, ki you're killing civilians. There's going to be collateral damage and live and blood, blood on your hands. And uh, she was, she, she was uh, lambasted by the press. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and now she's out there fighting again. But I give her credit for standing up. And I say, 
I like her. I like Jane Fonda, well, man. You got to give anybody credit who goes out there and puts their ass on the line to fucking for, for a cause. Damn I mean, right. Damn right. You know, and we, you know, we were just talking about Spike Lee, and it's funny that you said that about Jane Fonda going over the intercom. If you see, if you see the Five Bloods in the movie, there's a uh, a Vietnamese woman on the radio. Mm-hmm. And they kind of call her Hanoi something. I can't remember what they call her, but it's almost mm-hmm. like a reflection of Hanoi Jane, where she's actually saying something that Jane Fonda was saying. Yeah. And, okay. you know, kind of like human, wow. humanizing the enemy. And this is one of the things that I was, when I was talking to you about this movie, um, what he was trying to do, there's actually a scene where the five bloods are walking through the bush, as they would say, mm-hmm. and they're coming upon the Viet Cong. Mm-hmm. And you see these North Vietnamese soldiers approaching them. And for the first time ever in a movie about Vietnam War, they subtitle what the Vietnamese soldiers are saying. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is the one guy says, you know, he says, when I left my house to come fight the, this, the American war, they called it. When I came here to fight, my family was so worried about me and my wife, she packed a bag. And when we got to the first post that we were supposed to go to, I opened up the bag and there was a note in there with a poem and it was so cute. And the other guy said, Oh, that was cute. You know, and they're talking about it. And like, you realize these are real people. They're humans, man. They were human beings that were called to go fight against American soldiers who had come in there to stop, to intervene Mm -hmm. in a civil war. Yep. These people had been fighting each other, and we were there under the guise of the spread of communism. The spread of communism. You know, we're in there, like, this is another war Mm -hmm. that we were pulled into by our government, by Mm -hmm. the leader of our country, Mm -hmm. okay? And we're lied to. How many times are we going to be lied to and lose American soldiers? But then you got people waving the flag, like, oh, this is ridiculous enough is enough i mean come on we we have to really start thinking about what our leaders decisions are and how they affect us amen you know i mean and 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 like well said i am huge into spike lee stuff i really do love his films yep brother spike man i mean thank god for spike come on i mean he's a soldier forget it everything he's ever done he puts his heart into and you could see his He's brilliant. And apparently he's a great businessman, too. He he was taught it by his father, he said. I was watching an interview with him recently, and, and uh, he said that his father taught him business. So did you know that he graduated from film school? Did we talk about this already? Go ahead, day? tell me. No, I'm, I think we did, but okay. let's, let's talk about it. It was, I didn't know, but in 1982... So his first movie came out, She's Gotta Have It. Yeah. We re- we remember this. Oh, God. Now, we sit here and say, uh, just just a little sidebar, we say, oh, we're getting old. Yeah. We're getting too old for this shit. <laughs> just <laughs> little, little, getting too old for this shit, right? Little, little Danny Glover. Yeah. Um, well, Murtaugh. I mean, that, I was too... You know, we were too young and, to really enjoy that release. And we were, right. Yeah, we were. I, that was a retrospect teens, for me. Correct. I, I went back to look at that after I had seen Do the Right Thing. As, as did I. Right. Yeah. I did the same thing. Right. I mean, it wasn't something that I went to the theater to see because at that point I was 12. So, yeah, we but, were, you know. that Exactly. But, but to hear that he graduated from film school in 82. Yeah. Shocked me. Because I thought that he rolled out of film school with She's Gotta Have It. I figured he came out. And that, no, it took him four years to get a movie. Made. Sure, 
And then he did School Days. We were discussing his yeah. career the other yeah. day. People think it starts with do the right thing. No, that's no. What, that's yeah. that's when he dropped the bomb and said, fuck this. I'm going to make some noise. I'm going to talk about what's going on. Dude, he shot the White Lines video for Grandmaster Flash. You know that song, did White he, Lines? Did he yeah, shoot that he video? Shot a, he shot that video. Spike. I don't even think he was finished with film school, but I'm, I mean, I'm not really? 100% sure. Yeah. I know he shot the... Um, uh, well, that's a whole other topic, but he... Public Enemy. Well, Public Enemy, oh definitely. Oh, uh, come on. Daddy. Oh, Daddy. I mean... I love my Public Enemy, just like I love Rage. As soon as you hear Chuck Dean's voice... Oh, God. He's from Strong Island, oh, man. Listen if you're missing y'all Swinging while I'm singing Giving what you're getting Knowing what I'm knowing While the black band's sweating In the rhythm I'm rolling Gotta give us what we want Gotta give us what we need Our freedom of speech is freedom of death We got to fight the powers that be Fight the power Fight the power Fight the power And brother old boy, I just want to say on <laughs> here, congratulations. He's going to be Papa old boy soon. Congratulations <laughs> to my brother, Papa old boy. Better late than never. Punch it in, brother. Punch Thank it you, in. Brother. Thank you. All Thank right. You. Come on. But it's skip, but it's a uh, scary Yeah, no, time. it's actually, I'm, I have nightmares. I mean, we were sitting around thinking about it for a while, having a baby, and then we were like, no way with this whole thing. And then right. one night we were watching television, and there was this commercial on, and this old woman's voice telling her story, and she says, I was born during a pandemic. And we were like, our ears went up and we heard her story and she's like alive and she's like a hundred years old. And, you know, we were like, holy shit, it, maybe we can it do can it. Happen. Maybe we, you know, maybe all the fear that we're feeling, we, we will prevail. We will do whatever we have to do. You will have our baby, raise our baby. And one day our baby will be a hundred and something years old. And yeah. Say, I was born during a pandemic. That's right. <laughs> and man. that, you the know, pandemic of 2020. Right. Mm, yeah. If, I, if, I, if it ends in 2020. I mean, yeah, saying. yeah. But amen. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's what you got. Is that what unlocked? Like, yeah, yeah let's that's do where it, we kinda? were like, we were like, I think it's okay. I yeah. think we can do it. I of think course. we can do it. I mean, ever since we found out she was pregnant, I, I have anxiety. Usually when I'm at my weakest, like when I'm going to sleep at night, I'll, all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, yeah, okay. I've been there. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be there. okay. Fucking. I've been there, but a different situation, but God, yeah, I've been yeah, there. Yeah. But yeah, right. Is it? How's it feel? But this, but you know, it's it, tough. It, it really does. It does feel like horror movie kind of stuff. That all, oh, the, all yeah. the things we've seen all these years, uh, specifically uh, Soderbergh's well, Contagion. Oh, oh, oh my God! It's like it's almost like a mirror image of what it's the like hell that nailed it somehow. Yeah, like, it's very he, scary. Yeah, very scary. Yeah, we uh, that movie. Or 12 Monkeys is what I was associating them to at first. Dude. Well, yeah, 12 Monkeys. Because I didn't know. And then I remember the scene 
I, I got to put the clip. Well, in. remember the guy weaponized the the um, the, the virus the in twelve virus. monkeys, right? So it was a little different. In Contagion, it took place in Macau, where a bat bit a pig, and that virus formed in the pig, and the pork that they used to cook was eaten by a bunch of people who eventually got on planes and went to different countries. One Gwyneth Paltrow to the U S boom, boom, boom. And it's just like it is, you know, one person gives it to another and then that person gives it to another. And it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, like 50 people have it and that's it. Those 50 people give it to 50 people and 50 people. And then we are where we are <sighs> and we have poor leadership. So our country is going down the toilet. We're at a hundred and almost 160,000 people dead. 160,000 people yep. died yep. from this virus it was it started in china we don't know when but that they were telling us it started in 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 february you know maybe january sure there are reports that are saying it came as, as early as last november maybe even earlier and yeah. nobody told us anything there the numbers that are coming out of there we don't know um but i believe last night i heard for the first time that we went three days without losing a life Three days New York went without losing anybody. And yep. that's a big deal. And yeah. that's fucking scary, people. It is very scary. Okay, we're sitting here celebrating that. And I know we usually talk movies and film, and but we, we, we decided to open up today. Because but how many people are pissed off at China? But, you know... You, you, you can't well, put a face on China. How many people live in China? And then, no, you can't. You know, you don't know what it's like to live in China. They have like a communist fascist government. With a, with a capitalist economy. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have a goddamn thing in our country because they manufacture everything. Very true. So Very true. It's not, and you can't generalize like that. No. You can't say. No. You, you know, I watch a ton of Asian film, and I know to most people, Asian right. film is kung fu. It's not. I watch God, no. Asian film. Parasite people. Well, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. But. In Old general, boy. just like we have drama films, they have dramas. I mean, we, they have stories of the history of China and, the, and their lives. And what the whole thing is that these people ha, are are repressed by the government. Yet there's so many of them working and 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 working for nothing, living in these tiny little box apartments. You know, like what do they have to eat? <laughs> people are like, oh, what Chinese people eat is disgusting. Blah blah blah. Listen, when you have this many people in the country, a billion and, people and, in the country, man. and the government is the way it is, there's not enough food to go around. And it's, you know, they're starting to eat. They, I'm not saying they haven't eaten horrible stuff throughout the years, but poor poverty, I've people seen, eat things. That, I've seen yeah, videos of children being taught how to eat um, rats. And it's just terrible. Look, man. man they raise dogs and eat dogs. Yeah. I mean, it. It's a different re reality. You know, yeah, we can't just, judge it because we're not, we didn't grow up that way. Yeah, we don't, just, that doesn't mean you can judge it though. No. You know. And there's people taking it out on Asian people in our country. Like, uh, oh, you fucking it's this and just that. Stupid. Oh, please get a fucking don't clue. Even, this is, it's, it's another form of racism, but it, it's prejudice. It's a prejudice it's terrible, against. Man. And it <sighs> usually comes from ignorance. You know, it usually West. comes it's from usually, ignorance. It's just not knowing like. No, I. Roll the fuck up. I watched a movie a recently clue. called. Uh, well, I wanted to say do the right thing, and then Malcolm. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I can't even go on because I don't remember where I was. I got, I got to jump over to this now. Well, we didn't. We only talked about the Five Bloods, and we didn't even oh, get into Malcolm. Why don't so I say something about, about Five Bloods? Uh, 
that I thought. Um, Spike, man, you got to go easy on the background music. You don't always got to do it. You know what I mean? You don't always have to be playing something. Uh, I'm just fucking messing with you. I love you, Spike. <laughs> Listen, it was it was a strong movie. It was beautiful. The The story behind it was beautiful. Yeah, was it my favorite? It wasn't my favorite, but, you know, my favorite's Malcolm, Malcolm X. And uh, to this day, I still think it, it's... I would always say my favorite movie is JFK by Oliver Stone, 1991, right? But I, I got to say that I think of Malcolm so often, it's had such a strong impact on me that maybe they're tied for number one. And, you know, there's maybe a couple of others. I can't pick out one that's it's my so favorite. It's so hard. So, but it's amongst my, t my favorite films. I think after he ascended and he went from... From she's got to have it to school days to, um, do what did right we say? Thing. Do the right thing. Do, do the, the right global, thing. global credit. People knew who Spike was. He started working with Michael Jordan, shooting the Michael Jordan Nike videos. Yo, Mars Blackman here with my main man, Michael Jordan. Yo, Mike, what makes you the best player in the universe? Is it the vicious stunts? No, Mars. Is it the haircut? No, Mars. Is it the shoes? No, Mars. Is it the extra long shorts? No, Mars. Is the shoes it, right? Nah. Is it the short socks? No, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. What about the shoes? No, shoes Mars. Money's gotta right. be the shoes. shoes. Mars. <laughs> so, um, he went from Do the Right Thing. He did Jungle Fever. Uh, Mo Better Blues before uh, that. Mo Better Blues, I'm sorry. Mo That's Better right. Blues first then jungle fever and then malcolm x and then he tackled malcolm x and uh, a three hour 13 14 minute film on the life of malcolm x incredible portrayed by denzel washington who gives an oscar uh, worthy a performance the direction is oscar worthy the cinematography is oscar worthy by ernest dickerson and uh, the movie just it it, it changed me it, i felt i i think it might be that quintessential movie from him that 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 one standout film that's going to last the test of time a lot of people might think it's do the right thing for me it's malcolm it's definitely the pinnacle of his i i feel like it is do you think that warner brothers was what, what do you think about Warner Brothers? Rather than giving you options, tell me about the fact that they didn't... So you went five million over budget. It's not the first time a film's been over budget. Of course not. The reality is that there's... I mean, there's, a, there's two different uh, standards. One black and one white. And we have to leave Eddie. I always say this. Right. With no offense to Eddie, but Eddie is not considered black, per se, as Hollywood is concerned. The same way the music industry does not consider Michael Jackson black because they make too much money. So they say they're not black. They're universal. But Spike Lee and Denzel are not in the categories of whoever, and yeah. so you're black. You know, we're black, and, and therefore we don't they say what? There's a limited, more limited audience to yes, your because, product because than because it is we're for black, Murphy and Michael Jackson. Because we're black, we don't have a broad appeal, so therefore they don't want to be exposed as much financially as they would for JFK and Oliver Stone. So we're not going to give you twenty million dollars. But for me, that's BS because I know. Dan Aykroyd doesn't have a better track record of me directing. And his first film he ever directed was a film called Nothing But Trouble. And he got $45 million for that. And it made a nickel. Have you ever made a film that didn't make money? Never. Yeah. 
I don't yeah. know that he's ever going to touch it again. How many people reach the heights of that film? But it's epic. It's a three-part, three-act film where Malcolm X... Look, Denzel became a Muslim for a year before production. He fasted. He wouldn't eat pork. You know, he would see stop drinking. He started to learn the Quran. He... He he learned all about the Muslim religion to bring this performance he to submerged life. Submerged himself, yeah. Submerged himself so that it got like I was telling you the other day. He was giving a speech, one of and there all the speeches in it. It's based on the Malcolm X biography by Alex Haley. I want to say is the name, and Malcolm X was dictating to Alex Haley his life, and Alex he, Haley wrote Roots. I, okay. And he didn't know if he would live. He was pretty sure I wouldn't live. He wouldn't live to see the publication of the book. Yeah. And he was right. So the book is based on that. So a lot of, a lot of the book is spoken in the first person because Malcolm was dictating this stuff. And you hear Denzel instead di dictating. If you haven't seen Malcolm X, I beg you to see it. But it's, it's, so, it's so strong. Well, Alex Haley died that year. Did he die that yeah, year? Yeah, he died in 92 when the movie came out. Did he see the movie? I, don't, I believe he did not. Oh, man. But I'm not sure. He so was working off of that blueprint. That's what Spike was working off of. And they, they, he was giving... So all the speeches in the movie when Malcolm finally goes from becoming... He was a, he was a, he was a pimp and a drug addict. Then he became Muslim. And he started to follow the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. When he was in prison, he found it. He got out of prison and he became a supreme, a, a dedicated, fierce activist. And the way Malcolm tackles that, the way oh, Malcolm, the way Denzel <laughs> tackles that is, is fantastic. And he takes the speeches, the actual speeches of Malcolm. And, 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 and those are the speeches that Denzel performs in, in the film. During one sequence, he was shooting and he was giving a speech Malcolm gave and Spike was about to call cut because it was the end of the scene, but Denzel kept going and I'll play you a clip uh, at one point of what Spike Lee has to say about it. But Denzel kept speaking afterwards. He wouldn't stop when the script ended. He was on a roll and that footage makes it into the movie actually because he became, he was, I don't know, but as Spike said, he, he was possessed by the spirit of Malcolm yeah, that's X. Amazing. Yeah. Oh. Because he was, you know, he had a huge influence on you too. Yes. So how... Junior you know, high school. We had to read the autobiography of Malcolm X as told to Alex Haley for English class. And that book changed everything for me. At this time again, I know I want to be a filmmaker. I didn't know that one day I would make that film. Right. But that film just had a profound effect on me. The performance by Denzel, that's one of the greatest performances ever. Let me tell you this story. All the speeches in the film were Malcolm's actual speeches. We did the research. So we're doing this one speech. I have my script in front of me. I'm looking at Denzel wants to look at the monitor. He's killing it. So as I'm reading the script along with Denzel, and I, I see that, well, the speech is over. I'm going to call a cut. 
but he keeps going. And he kept going for another five minutes till finally the film ran, ran out of the magazine. And the stuff that he said was better than Malcolm's words. So I finally called Cut. I called Denzel, I said, Denzel, uh, that was great. But where did that come from? I mean, you, you went on five minutes after what was scripted. To Spike, I don't know. So that's the type of, he was bringing it. Now, do you have, did, did, that, did that moment go oh, in? Oh, it was in the movie. But here's the thing about people don't understand. Denzel works. A year before we started to shoot, he told his agent, I'm not working anymore. He prepared a year for that role. What'd he do? I'm playing a Muslim. Okay, I can't eat pork anymore. I'm playing a Muslim. I can't drink. I'm playing, I have to learn how to speak Arabic. I have to learn how to read the Quran. He became a student of Malcolm. It's more than just an impersonation. It's more than just us dyeing his hair red or putting on the glasses or the voice. Because all that shit is superficial. Denzel knew he had to be in a space spiritually where Malcolm come in his vessel. So that's why he was able to do that five minute thing after the script the pages ended. That was, that was Malcolm and him. Malcolm came into his soul right there. I said Denzel, he could not remember what he said. Gotta put the work in. That's right. I mean, otherwise you're bullshitting. You're shucking and jiving. You're not serious. Whatever you do. And so I cannot wait. Because reflect, reflect, if you're bullshitting, it's reflecting in the work. And if you're bullshitting, your stuff is not going to stand the test of time. Because then they're going to say, oh, that was just a fad. Maker. So the, but the great shit, I don't have much to say about, about uh, the five bloods. Painting, I, I, I enjoyed it, but I wanted to say something about Malcolm and well, about uh, I actually Black think, Lives Matter. I think that Spike Lee is still at the top of his game. I, I quite enjoyed The Five Bloods. Mm -hmm. I watched mm -hmm. it two nights in a row. I saw the film like two nights in a row. And I, I just picked up every little thing that he was doing. Mm -hmm. And being, um, you know, every time I'm filling out a form and they say, what race are you or whatever. Mm -hmm. I actually, I don't even know what the fuck I am. Like my father <laughs> is from Nicaragua. My mother is born here. Um, she's American, Ita Italian, Italian, right and, there. and I really honestly, I don't know what I am. I'm just a person. I'm just a human being. And the thing Amen. is, is that one thing I do know is that I will never know what it's like to be a black man, mm -hmm. a black man living in, you know, the United States of America. Mm -hmm. I think some of the closest things I ever find or feel is when I see a Spike Lee film and I actually let his characters in. Mm -hmm. And once I let them in, I feel pretty damn devastated. Yeah. And there's so much shit. You know, like I could see, you know, if you if you look at people's like people's reviews, which I don't normally do. Um, but when we were in this pandemic and I was constantly like alone, looking at my phone, like at night, not able to sleep, I wound up looking at th things like this and I'm looking at the reviews on IMDb mm. of the five bloods and I'm seeing a lot of hate. 
I'm seeing people saying things and you could tell they don't understand. They don't let themselves get open to what they're fucking ignorant that I didn't want to say that. I'm but saying yeah, that's what that's what racist fucking I- idiots. That's the problem. But is that what you were reading? Like, well, I felt it. Comments? I felt it from the, the reviews. And I, you know, when someone doesn't get it or understand what, you know, someone's trying to do, I'm not going to hold them to it. But when I see glimpses of hatred in their writing and stuff, like what they're saying about the film, and I'm thinking Spike put his blood into this movie right. and, um, I really felt it and I felt pretty much every character's view, which was very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do feel he's still at the top of his game. And I, I, I actually, from from uh, the last film he did, The Black Klansman, to Five Bloods, yeah. uh, Malcolm X, and yeah. Do the Right Thing, those are my four favorite films of his work. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his other things, like Clockers. I, you know, I like these films. I gotta watch Clock. I never saw it. I like these. Yeah, Jungle yeah. Fever. I like these movies. Yeah, me too. But are they stand out from the four that I just mentioned? I even the one with the uh, the soldiers uh, in Italy. I, I uh, oh yeah. I uh, um, yeah the um, oh my god, what's the name of it? Uh, uh, Mountain. Uh, oh my god, I'm I'm drawing a blank right now, which I shouldn't do when I'm speaking about someone's it's okay. films. Okay, yeah, no. Um, um, I can't think of the damn. It just name came of it. out. Uh, it takes place. It's like uh, basically the it's the soul. The, it's what is uh, the name of the movie? The miracle at Santa. At yeah, Santa Ana. yeah. The miracle at Santa Ana. There you go. So beautiful movie. You know, this is again. You beautiful. Don't, you don't really see many um, war films where, like, especially uh, uh, World War Two mm-hmm. films, where you get to see, you know. Uh, black soldiers Mm -hmm. i mean this takes place in 1944 italy you've seen the uh um the tuskegee airmen and stuff like that where they really focus on it but other than that in any world war ii movie we never see the black soldiers um there were a lot of black soldiers in world war ii they leave that out yeah it's it's it it gets kind of it's sad and um and the other thing is the 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 ratio of black soldiers in the vietnam war uh-huh. Uh huh. With the population of black people that lived in our country, even though it, you know, it wasn't. Um, I can't remember the percentages, but what I'm trying to say is that out of the amount of black people that lived in the country, a million of them came to fight in Vietnam. Jesus. And you know, just under a million. Sorry, I mean, nine hundred and something thousand people. Oh God. Oh uh, God. But you know, and and position to the entire population of the united states the rest of them that went it, it's a lot it pales compared to it and you know that's like saying these people's lives let's get them over there with whatever and and we knew we already knew that the war was a sham i mean come on i'm, I'm gonna get into this again but okay. what i'm what i'm trying to you know all, all i'm really really saying at this point for spike lee is that and and i i know he redid old boy and old boy is kind of my my moniker, but I, I love old boy means more to me and I'm not going to really, I don't have to get into its actual relation to my life or who I am and why old boy means so much to me, but you can get into whatever you no, want, no, my no, brother. no, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to get into that, why not? but no, what I want to say is that I, I never wanted to see, um, the film remade. Uh, but Josh Brolin is really kind of one of my favorite actors. Uh, and I'm glad Spike handled it the way he did. I like the way he, he uh, 
made it a little clearer at the end the way he took his take on the way the film ended um with the with the fa- the, the fake television show I like and, that you know the way he the way he kind of structured that I like and that, he yeah. also took um uh this the South African guy from uh uh District 9 um Shalto oh, yeah. Copley. Yeah. I, I love Shalto Copley. What's he been it, doing? Has he been he, doing a lot of stuff? Not really. He felt a little miscast, but I do love him. And okay. I did. And I, and I kind of like, look, you can't. I, Park Chan Wook's old boy is, to me, a masterpiece. And if you really to me are also. in tune with everything that's said in the film, everything that's done in the film, you never see the ending coming if you're really in tune with the writing. Uh, it's, it's, if you're, if you get distant from the film and you miss the search for his, you know, the original search for his daughter and when he finds out where she is and things like that, then you could kind of start to put things together. But if you're paying attention to the film and you're an A plus film watcher, you will not, and you will really truly enjoy the ending. Uh, I liked it. One of the best scripts and a couple of the best performances, uh, of course, Choi Min-shik is like the Robert De Niro of Korea. Now we're talking, <laughs> are we, are we talking, we're, we're talking talk, about yeah, Spike I went, Lee. No, going, I'm going, I went into the Korean version. Did. Yeah, I went in. into the Korean That's version. That's what I thought you did. Uh, yeah. Because I, I just, you know, giving props to Spike, uh, I just really actually rewatched Spike's old boy. And I, like I said, I really do enjoy uh, Josh Brolin's performance and I like the way Spike structured the story. It's just the original means so much to me. Uh, but I do have um, total respect. No, total can, respect. I agree. I agree totally. I, I didn't hate Old Boy's remake like I thought I might. I thought I was going to hate it. Well, but. originally, Steven Spielberg was supposed to oh, be right. that was, you're <laughs> I know you were going to get pissed. That's yeah. what it was. And Will yeah. Smith was tapped. And Will yeah, Smith. He was gonna and be, I yeah. just got furious. Not yeah. at Will. I love I loved Will. I wish he would. I wish he would do a little bit more. I am legend kind of stuff. But he. But he does. Oh, we you just know? Love Gemini we just, Man. We loved. I it. loved it. I, I love Gemini I Man. Overlooked. So, yeah. Ang Lee. Underrated. Beautiful. Underrated film. What a movie. Every look. The choreograph. Oh my God. The, the action sequences. The, the, the filming of that movie. The photography of that yeah. movie. That was a beautiful. And then film. we had that special type of. Uh, the. The uh, camera. Um, it was like a hundred frames per minute. Yeah, hundred frame rate. Yeah. Uh, it, it was. They did it at like. It was more than what they was, did the Hobbit in. Yes, it was uh, like a hundred and twenty frames per second. I think it was a hundred and twenty yeah. frames per second, which you could see in. What, it almost five looks, theaters across the right. country. That was it. Like you see, could barely see. We couldn't see it anywhere. Right. But when you watch the movie, you can still see oh, yeah. that this was shot yeah. very differently than because it the way it moves, it glides. We like, watched the 4K Blu-ray, yeah, yeah, on yeah. a 4K player on a on a 4K TV. I mean, okay. it's not like a, a an OLED, but it you could almost like it feels like a three dimension right to the naked eye without right. you know without you know, but it's not. I mean, it's not. But, but well, it, it feels it feels incredible. But that was a beautiful that. Well, it's Ang Lee. Yeah, it's Ang Lee, man. Phenomenal, Ang Lee. Um, another oh, Chinese another? Chinese filmmaker, <laughs> Chinese film, uh, a Chinese man making films. But Life of Pi. Oh my God! His version of the Incredible Hulk. Incredible. 
incredible. I, I love that. I that's love my it too. I, that's my favorite. I love it too. That's my favorite. E- Eric Bana. Oh my right? God. Yeah. Puts oh. heart into it. Um, then he did that Tobey Maguire movie um, where it, uh, about the Civil War. What was that one? Oh my God. Is, of course, it's going to be. Uh, of, this is. Do you know what? I'm getting old. Okay. I mean, old boy is actually <laughs> you're not getting alone. old. Yeah, but and, you're not alone. Wes is getting. It's crazy, old, dude. I'm, I mean, I just want to. Yeah. I just want to remember. Listen, we got a lot. We, your memories get so packed uh, that some of them start to get a little harder to reach. You know. Yeah. So they don't oh, come. Oh, ride, like, ride with the devil. Ride with the devil was the name of it. I what never, a, I never saw it. Okay. Dude, it's it's fu- and then Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, this is like, a, I don't yeah, know, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback. Ice Storm. The Ice Storm. The Ice Storm. Yep, yep. That's when we first saw, and then Brokeback was, people were divided because they're they're idiots and they're not open-minded, and I saw it, I remember talking to you right after you saw it, yeah, and we both yeah. recognized that this was an amazing, oh, it's, it's a love story, and if you didn't have hate in your heart and bigotry and prejudice... Which unfortunately a lot of people then did also because this is before this is Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal, and they're in love. It's so funny how we talk. Look yeah. where we are. We're at Ang Lee with Brokeback yeah. and Heath Ledger. Um, Heath Ledger gave such an incredible p- p- performance. I remember you rewatching that and rewatching it and saying to me, um, "You need to watch Heath Ledger's Heath, Heath Ledger's performance." He's t- so tortured that it's in his voice. Oh. He's that's how he's he does that with his voice as Joker. Yes, but and his you know his his last film, you know he can play with the octaves of his voice, but he was so repressed you could hear it in every word that he said. You know, like he was. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> and he was the only thing that he loved was 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 Jake was Jake Gyllenhaal, and if if you're open-minded enough, you see a beautiful love story there. So when I heard, just a sidebar, when I heard he was cast as Joker in the new Christopher Nolan, you know, Christopher Nolan sequel to the Batman Begins, I knew, I knew we were going to see something awesome because of your statement about, about him, which made me look at him a second time yeah. and realize... Wow, he really does an incredible job in Brokeback. This guy's a force to be reckoned with. And then I heard he was cast as the Joker, and I did not wonder why. A lot of people did, though. A lot of people wondered why this guy was cast as the Joker. I didn't, I didn't wonder because why. Because he's damn brilliant. He's, he was, yeah, we, uh, lost, he, we lost uh, a, a master, yeah. We lost a master. Yeah. Yeah. You see how easy it is for us to get back to hate and what's going on in the world? Yeah. This whole thing with Brokeback Mountain, you're saying, yeah. like... I'm not about not not to go into it's not about homosexual stuff right now uh, what I'm about to say but I have I had a friend who when um the hateful eight came out Tarantino was under fire for making a statement about something that happened where these young black men were killed uh they were shot and he was at a demonstration and he said when I see murder I call murder murder and People started attacking him for saying this and basically called him a cop hater. And a friend of mine, I said, oh, you know, out of nowhere, I wasn't even thinking about what had happened. I said, oh, you're going to see Tarantino's movie, The Hateful Eight. 
He said, no, fuck that fucking cop-hating bastard. Come on. And now, like, now so here's now a person now that's letting politics drive even what he, you know, like, now he can't watch Quentin Tarantino anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's ridiculous. This is how people, like my friend who I told you had said avatars about the American you Indians. Just and told the struck, me, yeah. You just told and me like, this. What? It was, Dude, it was you disturbing mean? for me to hear that. Right? Like, oh, you can't on. enjoy Avatar for what it is because you're pissed off that it's like they're likening it to the struggle that happened with the American Indians what and the it, genocide. What? Oh, what? It what? doesn't make sense. So you're going to let politics run your whole life? Like, really? That's pretty sad. I mean, what are That's you going to do? Sit around listening to country music all day? You really let yourself. I mean, come on, man. You know, and then a lot of these people call themselves conservatives because they're clinging to old values. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, we're real Christian like people. That hate black people. That, right. Because Jesus Christ wants you to hate black people. Oh, God. Like, how do you even call yourself a Christian if you're, you know, saying stupid shit like that? I'm not saying, like, it's I'm driven by religion at all. No, it's the truth, dude. What you're saying is Bibles of truth. It's, Look, man, they're, these are stupid. These are stupid fucking people, man. Yeah, sad. I don't know what it's like to, to, to be black. I know what it's like to be called the N-word, which is disgusting. It was the first racial uh, word that was used against me, and it was used against my mother. We're very dark. We, we have those features, and honestly, after 10 years, 12 years, I, I kind of started to think maybe I was black, and... And I had to be corrected by my dad because my mother wasn't there. So right. I had to, it had to be, I had to be told, no, she was from Nicaragua. And it's like, yeah, but why are people calling me the N-word then? So after a while, I just started to identify that way. Well, because you have brown skin. Yeah. And to, and, to, and to a white person, right. especially a white person who has hate in their heart. And ignorance. You are. Right. I am not white. Right. I am. I am. Right. Right. And to them, it's black or white. Right. You know, it's right. like, and I wasn't even, it, to them, it wasn't even, are you Latino? It went right to black. So I started to feel a pride about that after a while. And a, a kind of a, I don't know. Why shouldn't you be? You, you should be proud of who you are no matter what color I, you are. I that's, am. This is what right. the and struggle that's, is. That's what, yeah. In this country. That's, and, and I did. And I it's, a, it's a struggle. It's it horrible. is a struggle. It shouldn't be. And it's this, that's why I understand. I mean, it's, it's, it, what I understand is the ignorance. I can see fucking flat out ignorance that you don't like somebody because of the color of their skin. Okay. The... To go back to the amount, the, the strife. To the, I'm not even talking about the four, four hundred to six hundred years of slavery and everything that's happened to the black person to make their way in this world, where it's still going on. The 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 the, the segregation and the racism is still going on. When is it going to end? When is it going to It's not going to end until everybody who you, has hate in their heart or is passing down the hatred is dead. And, and, and they're not going to stop in corners. They, no. you, it's taught to the young. Yeah. I believe that. I believe that when I was really young, it wasn't kids calling me. That, well, one kid who did. Mom, one motherfucker did. But, but it wasn't really kids. They accept, you know. It's, it's their parents. Right. 
Yeah. It's taught to them by sure. their parents. And I feel like if we could just teach the kids that we are all equal, we're all human, we're all united. These are the things I think also that have been going on during this, this pandemic is that these issues have been coming up. We lost a man, George Floyd. He was an unarmed, unarmed, uh, did he, was he armed? He, no, he was an unarmed he human being. He was an unarmed being. human being that was, that was, that was killed. He had a, by four yeah. white police officers. Right. Not that that matters, but it, but, but it is what it is. They stepped on his neck and for eight minutes and then they killed him. Yeah. And it was videoed. It was on tape because you know it what? Was, it was two videoed. guys, two out of two of those police officers have had only been on the job for literally like six, seven days. Really? Yeah. And, I, I did not yeah. know that. And, and uh, unfortunately, they got swept up in this. They got caught up in it. And you know what? I don't know if they valued their job too much to say, "Hey, get the fuck off that guy. You're going to fucking kill him." You know, because as a human say being, it? did anybody? Well, all the people in the fucking crowd were saying, "No, no, no." But yeah, did but, any of those cops? Uh, one of them was saying, "Like he can't breathe. You know, maybe you should move your." You know, and the guy is like, "That was the guy who has been a cop for the longest amount of time." So here you are wow. looking at the veteran police officer actually trying and, yeah. to say something. Well, no, the other guys are trying to say something, but the veteran cop is the one who's got his ne his oh, leg on. The veteran cop. The veteran is the cop is the murderer. Yeah, yeah, he was, you know, and and uh, you know, strip the badges, strip the uniforms. Is, you murdered somebody he, in, front in front of, of people. Everybody. In front of everybody. And now you know what? We have computers in our pockets. They're iPhones with cameras on them. Everything, can, everything get can be recorded. Everything. Thank you. And it can be broadcasted and injustice can be shown. And this is not new. It's just, you're just seeing it, you know? You know, we're not saying anything that a million people, hopefully a million people mm. are saying. I know. More we, people that are saying. This is kind of a dialogue we do every day yeah, anyway, it's, you it's, and I. But dude, just, I have this conversation in my head every night. Yeah. It's so, you know, yeah. Ahmad Aubrey, I mean, what happened to him? And those two men shot him. He's break, running down. The, he's jogging down the street. Okay, so uh. he stopped in some house that was being constructed, and you know what? I, you know what they? What I heard about him was that he wanted to be an electrician, and maybe you know him being a young man, not sure what he's going to do with his life yet. Because I know at his age, I wasn't fucking sure. I wasn't sure. Hell no. Still not. And <laughs> and here he is. Sees this house under construction. There's nothing inside of it to take. He walks in like a curious young man, probably looking to see like what's like when the house is gutted like this. Yeah, I, right. I would, if I become an electrician or, you know, these guys see him claim they think he's going to rob or he's, he's, he's uh, going to rob an empty house. People, like, they chase <laughs> him down and, and gun him down in the middle of the street on video. And the one who videoed it was one of the guys who was trying to basically stop him in the street. Uh, they finally are these arrested him. Are these they, cops? No, they're not cops. And that, that killed and, him. They're right. not. Where, yeah. where did this happen? Uh, Alabama. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Was it Georgia? I'm not sure right now. I, I'm okay. all over the place right okay. now. I'm sorry. I, know, I, know. I don't mean to do that. No, it's but, me too. That I brought you there. I'm and sorry. One of the other things that you and I talk about all the time, like this isn't a police officer thing. No. This is about men. This is about men who hate this, you know, people pointing their fingers at the police. Somehow the police let yeah. a man who hates get into the police, just like right. the 
the yes. Catholic Church let a guy who wants to rape children into In, the into, into the, the priesthood. Yeah, right? exactly. This is this is life. Men do fucked up bad shit, and they can be evil. Yeah, and that's hatred, you know, and that kind of hatred or dysfunction or whatever it is, it slips by, gets in, it sneaks in. And then it happens. This is not us hating on police. This is about no, it's men not at all. killing a man because of the color of his skin. I'm saying strip the strip the fucking strip the strip the outfits away, strip the the uniforms and the badges and all of that away and what do you have? You have men killing a man. Exactly. Men for the color of his skin. Killing a man. Right. For the color of his skin. Yeah. And this is stuff they, they Look, we got people killing each other over religion in the Middle East forever. Oh, my God. I mean, this is over religion. Let Live and let live. If, I, I think we're feeling a lot terrorists. of pain about this. Maybe yes. it's that we've had the time to feel it, that it's being verbalized more now. We're discussing yeah. it more, but it's... You know, you were telling me that you were watching uh, this documentary about ICE, about the immigration you know, oh my and God. I, and I, immigrant, almost every time you send me something or nation. tell me about something, I flip it on to mm -hmm. look at and the problem, I have a problem with documentaries cause I, it, it wounds me because I am, this killed me, you know, is this reality is harsh, you know, film is escapism, but mm -hmm. sometimes it, it, it lets you in somewhere like with Malcolm X, you right. know, you learn about a man and you learn about the whole thing, right? You know, but what I'm, the thing that I'm saying is that I find it really hard to watch documentaries um, because they, they leave me wounded. Um, we, we talked about the 13th, the documentary on Netflix. Fantastic documentary. Yeah. And, right. that, and uh, what, what I learned was something I always wondered about in my head. Like, what happened to the slaves in the United States of America post-Civil War immediately? Like, when yeah. they were released off the plantation. What happened to them? Yeah. Did they just I mean, go? They didn't just go down the street to their friend's house and say, hey, can I stay with you now? No, right. because no. they didn't have a they, friend. There. They don't have anything. Yeah. They don't have any money. They don't have places to live. And they got a whole shitload of children. And some of those children were children from the plantation owners own seeds because he planted them in their wives. They lost their names. What do you think? Washington, the last name, Jackson. Yeah. Things like that. You, you were hear saying, that. And when you were bringing that up the other day, it was like a wake-up call to me. I was like, wait a minute. Ugh, these, you're right. These names have been stolen from them. I for, mean, for, for generations, man. It's terrible. And, it, you know, like I said before, I, ca I cannot and I will not try to act like I know what it is like to no, be I can't. a black man in the United I, States. Yeah, America, no. Especially I, with I someone can't. hating you. Hating you for, for the color of your skin. It's stupidity because you're yeah. killing somebody, you're 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 make you're making somebody feel horrible, or you're you're oppressing somebody. Nothing nothing gets to me more no. than the oppression of weak over from 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 strength. You know, the, the from the rich oppressing the poor, from from uh, just oppression, just just inequality just that nothing gets to me like nothing makes me more furious i'm than pretty that. much against eschens 
I don't want any oppression, repression, or depression. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not, amen. I'm, not making, amen. I'm not making a joke. No, I know you're not. No, and no, that's no. why I'm saying amen. No, but I, know, I, but I can't I, stand that. So tell that, me why lately you've been hooked on documentaries. Is it because you're so awake right now from all of what's going on in the world? I want to say that I find... Yeah. So I, I, I'm finding it hard to connect to movies, to television shows, escapism. Um, I don't know if it was the George Floyd thing that lit me up. I don't know. I think it's just everything that, that the country's going through, the world is going through, for, God, uh, for you know, I'm sorry, the world. Uh, we're, people are dying. We're, we're wearing masks. We're terrified. And, and it's making us look inward. It's making me look inward. And I've been looking at documentaries. Uh, I've been watching them. I hope my favorite type of filmmaking has always been nothing's ever well, I'm going to say nothing's ever affected me like documentaries well-made documentaries do and I saw a fantastic documentary recently I saw a bunch of them but one of them I saw was called I am not your negro and it's the story of James Baldwin civil rights activist and author and he was friends with Martin Luther King he was friends with Malcolm X and he, he, uh, it's, it's his take. You're, you're, you're watching footage of him eloquently, eloquently, beautifully speaking about, about the civil rights movement and what it is to be a black man in America in the sixties and debating this with, with intellectuals. Uh, it, it's such an, it's such a powerhouse of a movie. This guy's a champion. Um, James Baldwin. I went from that. I went from thirteenth to that, you know, because how Netflix they have. Yeah, the, sure. They yeah. lead you into the next right. thing. Right. You like, like 13th? you like this? You're gonna like this. Right. Yeah. Let's give this to him. And then they gave they gave me I I am not your Negro. And my God, that is a power. That is that's a powerhouse of a movie. I watched it and then I turned it on and started watching it again. Well, um, you know, well, Wes, there's nothing like real footage of something i know you know yeah. you can you can watch like i've watched a horror movie and seen a head get cut off and then you know uh, i'm okay with it Ugh. but then i saw a video of daniel pearl the reporter get being beheaded it was the first time we're talking did about, you see it yeah i saw the video in about 2004 i think oh. it was somebody had sent me on on a, on an email this is when like you're on email oh, yeah. dial up i'm looking at this thing and God. Daniel Pearl. I saw the video and I saw them do it and I my feet got numb and I almost fell off my chair and I got sick. And that was the beginning for me of like real life video where where you see real life video and it changes everything. So when you're you're watching documentaries and you're mm. seeing real life stuff, you're you're not looking at it the same anymore. No. When you see brutality in a real video, it's not the same anymore. Watching George Floyd get killed right in front of us is is wounding if you're a human being and you're watching that and you're 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 doing anything but crying you have a fucking problem i swear to god you have man. a fucking problem and you either are so blinded by hate or you're a damn serial killer <laughs> one of the two I, I, you're, you're one of the two something's disconnected in your fucking head yeah it's it's not 
it's not good. It's not good. But I, I mean, my passion always rests in filmmaking. You know, like I have right. always, I have always enjoyed seeing the world through a filmmaker's eye. Like we have shared so many thoughts about films in the past. You know, the great Stanley Kubrick, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. We're we're you know Quentin Tarantino. We're yeah. talking about people who Terrence bring Malick us and the, oh my god the storytellers the visual story who's who's the uh, director of Rev, the revenant that you uh, were bringing uh, up gonzalez in Arito. Oh. oh my god alejandro gonzalez and in we Arito. were saying we think that's this, this is a master oh my god in the making in 20 years you know oh they're gonna be, look back a, at this he's film. already revered you oh know oh my god forget what did it. michael keaton say when he won the academy award people are going to be calling you yep. yeah <laughs> because yeah. he won the academy yeah. award he knew and he of warned course. him right there people are going to be after you man yeah they're going to be calling you yep sure yeah. as hell i mean you know so watching something that somebody concocted and said mm -hmm. this is how it's going to look or and then you have this director who's got this vision and then you have like his cinematographers helping him create the vision you have all the people involved in making that vision look the way they want it that's what that's what gets my juices flowing and that's yeah. why that's where my real like passion is and then you know sometimes i'll watch series on netflix and mm -hmm. a lot of times when i'm watching a series on netflix I'll either do other things while I'm watching it. Okay. You won't uh, sit down, you mean? Yeah. It okay. depends on what it is. Like, it won't get your... Right. Like, let's take, for instance, Hannibal. Oh. I, I can't stop watching it, though. That's fantastic. And I noticed that the, the, the camera work and the director's and the vision is all complete. Right. And each episode feels like a film to me. Sometimes I wish it would move a little faster because I've always been a pr more appreciative of someone who could bring me their entire vision in two hours okay. and get me so gripped that I'm like, oh my God, that's fucking amazing. You know, okay. like you, you have two hours to give me everything. I, I don't think I felt that way watching it when it was on live because every week I was like, waiting for the next episode. Yeah. Dark poetry, yeah. I would call it, when I was watching sure. it. Like, people, Hannibal is a gorgeous, gorgeous show. It's dangerous, it's violent, and it's going to hurt you. Be careful, but it's beautiful. Oh, my God. And Mads Mikkelsen, who's one of the finest oh, actors in the Mads, world. Man. In the world. After I saw Valhalla Rising, oh I was God. like, Mads. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. He plays an amazing Hannibal. Um, he has this um, Danish. He's he's from Denmark. He has this Danish film called um, The Hunt, where he plays this. Every, he's like an everyman, mm. and he gets accused of touching a child, and it is one of the most gripping films I've ever seen. And he is, and you remember he's Hannibal, right? So, like, I, I just lent this film to somebody on Blu-ray because I told we were talking about it, and I said you have to see this movie. I mean, you must see this movie. I know yeah. most people don't want to watch films that are subtitled, but right? Right. This, because most people are just yeah, close, close minded. Close minded. But open, yeah, no, that's what it goes. To, if you can open your to. mind to that, you oh, such yeah. amazing things come out of Hannibal is a beautiful series, mm -hmm. uh, and Hugh Dancy. We cannot take anything away from him. He plays that role fantastic. Yes. You yes. haven't gotten either to... And you're still in season one. No, now I'm on season two. And oh, I'm good. actually up to episode like eight. Are you? Yeah. I, I don't so, want to say anything. I, don't, I know it's old now at this point. He uh, was locked. So you saw him locked up. 
Oh my God. Right. It was so painful. Uh, I mean, I was I was locked up with Will Graham. Oh, I was with. Him. It was crazy and to then see that. So many great people. Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Is, Performance. Oh my God. Fantastic. What, Eddie Izzard's amazing. Um, but you know, Matt's Michelson never wavers. Like mm -mm. his mm -mm. his character is pretty much one of the most perfectly crafted characters, and he has a lot of time to make that character perfect. He has he's a lot he's on screen a lot, and he, right. and he is he's flawless. Uh, but taking a taking a show like Hannibal, um, you can't walk away and come back no. you gotta watch the show right uh and another show that i i've been asking you to watch which is Watchmen. yes which, which i i started again the other night I, that's why i asked you is that is that donald uh is that don johnson is it don johnson he looks phenomenal he looks right? phenomenal did you, you didn't finish the first episode though i uh it's okay tell me i don't because i don't want to say anything uh i i finished it a while ago when you, it started you gotta watch and it. i have no, to it start to get it fresh. i have to start yeah. it over so that's what yeah. i i started it again the other night and i saw two actors i recognized and then don johnson came on the screen and uh and regina I, king but Regina, I hadn't seen yet. Oh, okay. But, but I've seen the episode, so I know she comes okay. soon. Okay. But I hadn't gotten to that yet. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, getting back to the 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 the, the rhetoric of of IMDb and other websites. Okay. There's so much hate. What? What do you put mean? Put on Watchmen. Why? Uh, people, because you you know the term woke, you know the term woke, which means you you are aware of of a prejudice mostly uh, for racism you are aware of uh injustice okay that's what they call a, it's woke w-o-k-e okay so people are calling it a woke series like this series is just a woke don't watch it it's all about like being you know aware of racism like fuck that shit you know this is Watchmen. they destroyed it and then you get real people who people. who are okay. who read Watchmen? Okay, and said, if you ever really read the Watchmen comic, right. the Watchmen comic has always been about this, you know, about injustice, about power corrupting, about tr people trying to stay in control, about down, tr you know, people pushing other people down. Okay. you know, who's watching the Watchmen? Who who's, are the Watchmen? Who, who, in, in the original that, Watchmen, Richard Nixon is president for like four terms. Isn't that the uh, the movie? Right. Yeah, the, the movie itself, which is based on you know uh, Alan Moore and David Gibbons' uh, comic, which came out in like the eighties, nineteen eighty one, I think it was. Okay. Okay. But this reimagining of a sequel to Watchmen—that's what Watchmen series is. Because you actually have you need the first the characters that are still from the book okay. now, like in the future. Do you need you the, have Ozymandias? Do you need the movie to see this series? You should know. Okay, you should know the history of Watchmen. If even better would be to know the history of the comic book word for word, because not I mean word for word, because when I'm saying that Zack's version, Zack Snyder, his version of Watchmen was his interpretation of Watchmen, his mm -hmm. uh, version, what he decided to make the story. And he's pretty much nailed it. Right. He changed some things. He tweaked some things to change it so it would sure. be more relatable on the screen. Um, he didn't drop a gigantic uh, alien octopus on New York 
which is kind of what they did in the comic book. So outlandish, but in itself, uh, you know, like a joke on on superheroes and comic books in general. Uh, okay. So in in Watchmen, the TV series, when they reflect on the event that took place in the city, they actually reflect on the octopus that fell. So it's you have to know that at the end of Watchmen the this movie, this is what they're speaking about. Yeah, at you the end of Watchmen the movie, you didn't see it, but this is yeah. So at the end of Watchmen the movie, this, you uh, didn't Oz, see Ozymandias, it. You didn't see it. What do you mean? I'm just trying to get you to. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, brother. Yeah, at the end of Ozymandias, uh, at the end of uh, the movie. Well, you saw the movie. I saw the movie. At the end of the movie, Ozymandias uses Dr. Manhattan's power yeah. to create almost an atomic explosion right. in Manhattan. That explosion kills so many people that the whole world fears Dr. Manhattan mm -hmm. and it causes the world to come together as one and, you know, kind of like solidarity. Ozymandias's idea of killing a group of people so that the world could come together and stop fighting was his idea uh turning the world against dr manhattan the tr only true living being that could destroy the earth if he wanted to because it sounds so similar to the batman superman batman v batman v superman idea okay Bruce yeah no, I mean, this, is, against look, this isn't superman. a new concept but in but what they do on tv is damon lindelof the, the guy who wrote lost genius the guy who did the leftovers, and who he, wrote the, oh, uh, the I mean, leftovers. this guy has ideas, and the way he presents them is so brilliant. He's a genius. Yeah, you, you know, he's so a genius writer. Every episode of the TV series on HBO of Watchmen is like a gripping movie that once you start to really see what's going on, and you, even rewatching episode one becomes another movie for you mm. uh and what he does is though he talks he talks about the tulsa what happens in you what were, happened in tulsa you were saying this yeah okay and he uses that as the opening that's is that what i'm watching in the opening that's what you're watching in the uh. opening the tulsa massacre from the 1920s and you know they, they called it black wall street and the people in oklahoma hated to see the black people starting to get things going for themselves yeah so they killed them. That's just burned so down their businesses. I'm sorry. This was a oh, real event that took fucked. place, and they use it in the story. And you know what's incredible is that you have all of the characters from Watchmen in the story, except for Rorschach, because he's dead. Remember, Manhattan kills him at the end. I don't remember. Right, because Ozymandias says to him. What I did is going to bring the world together. And Rorschach says, I'm telling the world what you did. And Dr. Manhattan knows that if he tells the world what he did, even though Dr. Manhattan has been criminalized by the act, it he will, will ruin what he did what, and make it, all, make, it, yeah, make it all waste of time. All those deaths will be for nothing. He kills him? Dr. Manhattan just blows him up. I need to and see Rorschach this again. dies. I gotta so, watch. I gotta watch Watchmen again. Exactly. You should watch it before you watch the series because it's a nice lead up okay. to the story. Because you have this group of people that worship Rorschach. I saw the Rorschachs. That's so, what, is that what that is? It's incredible. I, I mean, uh, it, what is that? Is it the silver? Well, no, that's not, that's what he, the fuck is that? That's Tim Blake Nelson, by the way. I love him. Glass. I love him. He plays Looking Glass. I love him, but. He pulls that. What is that silver thing he pulls over? Well, his he's face? the next phase of Rorschach. The next phase of hero. Oh, which are the cops? 
I, I don't want to, because okay. it's all about the police department, too. Okay. And the police department coming under fire, and the police department stepping overstepping bounds or not overstepping bounds. It is brilliant. It's a okay. reflection of what just took place in our world before it ever took place, which is incredible. So I, I, wow. that's why I keep pushing wow, you to wow, watch wow, it. Wow, wow, wow. Like sometimes at night before I go to bed, I go, please, God, <laughs> please <laughs> have Wes watch Watchmen. I, you're, you're not the I, only I, one that's that, done, okay. you're not the only one that's done that i was uh, t- my friend used to say that about battlestar galactica please <laughs> you said please it to me why yeah oh, and, and now i'm fine. saying it to you he you know, begged me for a year as soon as was, i'm done with hannibal i'm watching battlestar galactic from beginning to end i'm coming with you i'm, I'm gonna, as many times as i can do it i, I want to be there I with am. you i'm gonna do because it because i'm telling you I'm that is it. Battlestar Galactica is a whole different podcast. Oh, people, I'm gonna but do it. My God, it's beautiful. Oh, we'll do a we'll do a nice show on that. I'm gonna do it. That's just fun. that's that's that is. Uh, it was really it was really during the birth of the golden age of. of You've television. been passionate about it. It's about time I watch that one. Yeah, that The Sopranos. I have to give you that. It launched it launched the golden age for me. You know, I mean, well, we what do we want to say in closing i mean we 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 were we were saying some stuff here i'd like to play you a clip if i could of i am not your negro go ahead let's do it i would like to add someone to our group here uh professor paul and this is from the documentary i brought up before i am not your negro this is james baldwin on the dick cabot show 1967 or 68 Were you able to listen to the show backstage? I heard a good deal of it, but then I was behind the Boston Gate. Yes. So I heard only some of it. Did you hear anything that you disagreed with? I disagreed with a great deal of it. And, uh, of course, it's a good deal I agree with. But I think uh, he's overlooking one very important matter, I think. Each one of us, I think, is terribly alone. He lives his own individual life. There's all kinds of obstacles in the way of religion or color or size or shape or lack of ability, and the problem is to become a man. But what I was discussing was not that problem, really. I was discussing the difficulties, the obstacles, the very, the very real danger of death thrown up by the society when a Negro, when a black man attempts to become a man. All this emphasis upon black man and white does emphasize something which is here, but it emphasizes it or perhaps exaggerates it and therefore makes us uh, put people together in groups which they ought not to be in. I have more in common with a a black scholar than I have with a white man who is against scholarship. And you have more in common with a white author than you have with someone who's against all literature. So why must we always concentrate on color or religion or this? There are other ways of connecting men. I'll tell you this. When I left this country in 1948, I let this country for one reason only, one reason. I didn't care where I went. I might have gone to Hong Kong, I might have gone to Timbuktu, I ended up in Paris, on the streets of Paris, with $40 in my pocket on the theory that nothing worse could happen to me there than it already happened to me here. You talk about making it as a writer by yourself, you had to be able then to turn up all the antenna with which you live because once you turn your back on this society, you may die. You may die. And it's very hard to sit as a typewriter and concentrate on that if you're afraid of the world around you. The years I lived in Paris did one thing for me. They released me from that particular social terror, which was not the paranoia of my own mind, but a real social danger visible in the face of every cop, every boss, 
everybody. I don't know what most white people in this country feel, but I can only include what they feel from the state of their institutions. I don't know if white Christians hate Negroes or not, but I know that we have a Christian church which is white and a Christian church which is, which is black. I know as Malcolm X once put it, that the most segregated hour in American life is high noon on Sunday. That says a great deal for me about a Christian nation. It means that I can't afford to trust most white Christians and certainly cannot trust the Christian church. I don't know whether the labor unions and their bosses really hate me. That doesn't matter, but I know I'm not in their unions. I don't know if the real estate lobby is anything Ooh, against black people, but I know the real estate lobbies keep me in the ghetto. I don't know if the Board of Education hates black people, but I know the textbooks they give my children to read and the schools that we have to go to. Now, this is the evidence. You want me to make an act of faith, risking myself, my wife, my woman, my sister, my children, on some idealism which you assure me exists in America, which amen. I have never seen. I mean, amen. How well was that said? Yeah. That, that was, is a brilliant... Yeah. It was. It's a brilliant documentary, and his voice is his. His voice is his voice, right? It's pretty incredible, isn't uh, it? Yeah. I mean, nobody could have said it more. <laughs> How yeah. eloquent was Not that? Not only eloquent, just perfectly. I mean, like he said, this is the evidence. The, that, as soon you, as he yeah. drops that, yeah, you're. I mean, he's. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's oh. just people don't want to get in the way of it. They don't want to hear it. No, they, they don't, don't want to hear that. No, they don't want to hear no. that. I want to learn everything about everyone, yeah. about every culture Amen. that I possibly can. Yeah. Educate yourself. What do, I mean, not cut off. Travel. Not sit at home and, and be stuck with what you were taught and sit sit alone with your hate, you know, because you're fucking open-minded. You're not... Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. that's what it is. is well, that we're all sitting at home and we're. Yeah, I, you heard what he just said, and, and yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. saying before about the whole diversity thing about people who write a script mm -hmm. or write a story and they mm -hmm. want to be heard and they get denied, and that gets turned down. The voices of the people that don't get heard. I I don't want to see like a studio, like say Warner Brothers or somebody assign a film to a director who may not be qualified to shoot that film, but has their own project that they are qualified to shoot. And the reason why I was just talking with you about this, mm -hmm. okay. um, I had recent, I'm not going to name it the film because I don't want to do that. I'm not going to name like the characters in the film, but what I'm going to say is that I saw a film that I thought they, the, the director who made the film, um, may have been chosen may because that person's gender may have been chosen because of the call of that person's skin mm -hmm. okay but was there a better filmmaker that could have shot that film no uh, i know what you mean yes, so maybe that filmmaker um wanted to shoot their own film because i've seen a film that was more grounded to reality a more human story and i feel like that person whose film was shot um most of their films are more human films grounded to reality maybe not action films or sci-fi films i felt like this film needed somebody who is more who had 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 the chops to make a film like that like say maybe george miller who made mad max fury road or you know um christopher nolan or somebody who has the chops to shoot a film that big now what am i saying i'm saying don't be 
diverse just to be diverse. Award diversity to the people who deserve who who are deserving. They deserve to get their film that they want to make sure. made. Don't just assign a film to them because you're trying to be diverse. No. I felt like that is what I felt from the film. Maybe that filmmaker did really want to make that film. I don't know. You didn't feel it? I just didn't feel it. And I felt like it was a bigger film than that person's chops were. Can you say the film? No. Because I don't want to, you know, because honestly, there were really... They were really is it for me or the audience? Yeah, it's well, for the audience. It. It's for the actual, like, I don't want to say you, you told me in the movie, but I'm forgetting now. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. Okay. I, I'd rather not say it. But what I'm saying is what, Wait a we're, what you, we're really discussing is let's not just be diverse to be diverse. Let's award diversity to the people whose films are diverse. And that's what they brought to you. This is the film I'm bringing to you and I want to make. Yeah. Let them make that film. Well, the artists. Right. Like, let's see what the storytellers. Right. That's the word I'm talking about. Right. Artists. Like, yeah. yeah. Because when it comes down to it, what we're celebrating here is art. Yeah. And what yes, we're, we are, what we're yeah. sad about is the state of the world right now, because art is always a reflection of the world we live in. Oh, and, we'll, we'll, and we're going to have a, we're going to have a you, swell of stuff from this. Yeah. There's going to be now. some real serious stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I just want to see, I want to see us get back to human, real human stuff. I want to see us, you know, be humans. I want to see us embrace all cultures. I think it's going to wake hating. up. It's going to be a wake up call. I want to see it too. I do. I mean, I think this is, this year is going to be a wake up call. I don't think there's any way around it. You know, that's my take. Do you agree? I mean, I don't, I just don't know that. Well, We've gone through a rough year. People. We don't know how 2020 is going to end. Yeah, right. Um, we just we're hoping that if anything, we can at least um, get out from under all the hatred, get out from all the the obvious hatred, which is sad. You know, the uh, I don't like to use the word the administration um, <laughs> because the truth of the matter is is that uh, Donald Trump has brought out. The rats brought out the garbage. Um, it's all rising to the top, giving giving a voice to people who hate. Giving like all of a sudden it's okay to be a racist. All of a sudden it's okay to be a hater. Uh, it's not. And you've been hiding out. Hopefully, years will go by, and you who hates will be gone, <laughs> and hopefully you will not have spawned haters. Right. Hopefully, the children that grow up in the future are going to be a different group of people who who don't give a damn about race. I hope so. Who don't give a damn about, you know, I don't mean like not be religious in their own, but like, hey, let's be all accepting of other people's lives and accepting of what they want to do. They're not harming you. Right. It's, 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 they're not harming you. That's not your. What's your problem? You don't want to see someone else get ahead because of their color or their skin. Yeah. It's, After it's my weird. mom died, my dad raised us the Italian American, not the La not the Latino, not not the Nicaraguan, and he raised us colorblind because he was, you know, the one of the great things I could say about him when I was growing up was that, you know, you it, it was. It was colorblindness. You know, you didn't look down on somebody for the color of their skin. It was disgusting. And I'm talking about 
looking down on a Jewish person or racial epitaphs or anything of that nature were, were discouraged in this house. We didn't, we right. just didn't grow up with that. Right. And what I'm saying is the reason I'm saying this is that if you can teach that to the young, that's our only hope you of sure? eradicating racism. Will yeah. it ever be completely gone? No, I, I don't believe, I don't feel it will, but I don't know for a fact. What the fuck do I, I don't know, but I know that it can be better and it needs to get better because we're in 2020. The civil rights movement was in 1960s, 1970s, and major strides were made and leaders were killed. Sick. And we're still fucking here now. Can you believe it? No, you and I were born right at the end of it. And here we are in, 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 in the middle of our lives, whatever. But we're in the middle of our lives. We've seen quite a few things at this age. And it's still going on. Well,